While your favorite podcasts are taking the holidays off, the Dub Fod Boys are still going hard. Maybe it's time to take stock in who your favorite podcasts are. Just say. He takes three weeks off. He, he's out with my interest. He's out there vacationing. He comes back. He has a story and then he, he gets our dicks half hard. W. My name is Mike. I am joined by my good friend, Mr. Drunkard STL on the Twitters. My guy. And guys, coming up after the break, we are going to be talking to Dunstan Bruce. He is uh, the former uh, vocalist of the band Chumbawamba. They have a new, or he has a new documentary out uh, about Chumbawamba drug. Love the documentary. The oh, documentary. Yeah has like a five-second Smashing Pumpkins cameo. Nice. I asked him about that. We, we talked about it all. It's, it's fun. It's a documentary, and it's about music, too, your favorite thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, like an art piece drunk. It's not like a straight-up documentary, sure, because sure, like sure. a... You know the, the weird smiley creature from their album yeah, cover? Yeah, He's kind of walking around. Is it a baby? The, I always thought it was a baby, or like a some sort of doll. I don't know what... He had like a really deep voice like he was kind of he was a jerk too he was being mean oh that's an actual person well the guy in it was a fictional character Uh, that was following around dunston and uh i i think that see at the end he unmasks the the chumbawamba album cover guy yeah and i think they don't reveal who he is weren't they huge in like sweden or something were they from uh, well, they're British. Oh, they're British? Yeah. I know they're huge in Europe somewhere. I think that the Chumbawamba man, although they did not reveal who he was, I think it was like his self-doubt or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was it was deep, huh. this movie. Uh, so you should, you should check it out. It's, it's a good watch. I rented it uh, off Amazon.com and watched it. Amazon's been in my house a lot. Yeah, you stocking up for the Christmas season. Well, you know, I got this vacation coming up, so I gotta get it out of the way early. So. Drunk, you you're leaving us. You're gonna be gone for the next uh, yeah. little bit. You're going on vacation. My buddy's getting married in Vegas. He lives there. He's not like on a whim or anything. I'm counting on you on this road trip to pick us up some colas. I'll see what I can do. Because we a day's gonna come where we're just gonna run out. It was funny, I was thinking about today, like, should we do, like, McDonald's cola and, like, Burger King cola? <laughs> Try it from different restaurants? <laughs> see? <laughs> see Because they are different. Yeah, because McDonald's keeps it in, like, a metal tin. And or they have right? cinnamon in there. Well, uh, I mean, you do have a cola to try. Yeah, you, should we just do it now? Do the cola. All right. <laughs> drinks a diet drink, then a diet drink. This month is diet drinks, diet cola drinks. The king of colas is gonna have a bad time, but for us it's bad times will be good times. Drunkard SEL is the king, the king of colas. You know what's funny is, uh, my siblings, uh, so on Wednesday night's pool night for me, but on Wednesday night, my brother plays volleyball, and after we're both done, me and my two youngest siblings usually get together, and uh, they fucking play that song every week. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, and they're like kind of young for that song. <laughs> <laughs> that song hangs on, man. I'm telling I you. I mean, yeah, that song was out when I was in seventh grade, I believe, and yeah. they were both pre-kindergarten. So. Anywho, this uh, this week's drunk soda of the week is a Celsius Live Fit. It's a sparkling cola, and I believe Celsius is a energy drink. Uh, accelerates metabolism and burns body fat. God knows I could use that. It says zero calories, though, so that counts, uh, right? Yeah. I've been drinking um, those drunk. I got a 12-pack of them. They're pretty good. I like them. Uh, yeah, no, it's gluten-free, non-GMO, of course. Uh, kosher. <laughs> Gotta love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, and guess what? It made in Boca Raton, Florida, of all places. Wow. Huh. All right. Well, no preservatives, no sugar. Let's see, let's go here. Sign of the cross like I have all diet month. Yeah. I gotta say that's more drinkable than the rest of them. It's pretty good, right? Uh, might take another swig, but won't finish that can. Uh, 3-4. 3-4? I'll give that one. See, I thought I had a hope that that one would get better than that, but um, well, it's better than the one ones and the one twos. The rest of the diets have been getting. <laughs> that's, drunk, that's a big old two points more. Drunk. There's a uh, a guy from Minnesota, and his name is Andre Mariette. Does he have an accent? Uh, I did not hear his accent. Okay. I read one of his tweets. Okay. Um. Uh, He's a producer. I don't know what he's produced. All I know... Probably the news. ...is this one goddamn tweet, uh, Drunk. He gave his definitive list... Maybe he does beats. ...of the top five white people. Top five white people. Of all time. I think it's an all-time list, uh, but I have some thoughts... I, I maybe a couple guesses. I don't like his uh, his list. All right, give me let me get a couple guesses. Here. Okay, go ahead, go ahead and guess. Uh, Marshall Mathers, not on the list. Jesus Christ, not on the list. Okay, well, we still don't know if he's the list right has anyway. problems. Drunk. <laughs> I think I think that we need to discuss it. We might need to help uh, Andre out. Uh, for one last, maybe Kirk Cousins, not on the list. Okay, what what we got? Do you want his list of top I, five white people? I do. Adam Sandler. Okay. The, technically, is Adam Sandler white? Yeah. Isn't he a, sure, he, sure. He's a Jew. Well, he's white. Okay, fair enough. Right. Mac Miller. He's a rapper, right? Yeah, he's dead. Oh, okay. Uh, Tony Hawk. I can totally get behind Tony Hawk. Really? You'd put Tony Hawk on the list? I mean, I can get behind it. You're not going mean, to be mad at him I'm being not, on the list. I, I, he's not on my top five. You may not nominate him. But him being on the list doesn't personally doesn't offend, offend me. No, no. Uh, the Monopoly guy. Mm, okay. And Amy Poehler to round out the top five. Amy Poehler. Yeah. Now. Well, I guess you gotta have some diversity in women. So is this guy a black guy? He is. Here's my problems. Okay. One, if you're going Amy Poehler, why not go t- Tina Fey? <laughs> right. Well, wait, just put put tied for fifth. <laughs> and. Mr. Rogers not being on the list, that bothers me. Like Fred Rogers. Yeah. I mean, would you, you'd put Fred Rogers on the list before Mac Miller, wouldn't you? I, I, like, Mac Miller died in his 20s. Yeah. Like, there's probably people that have accomplished more and done more for the whites than him, right? Yeah, like Marshall Mathers. <laughs> uh, Adam Sandler, see, now... Once again, I'm... Not necessarily white, but okay. Yeah, yeah but what, I, what I'll say about Adam Sandler is like... Funnier white people. I don't think Adam Sandler would be on my list, but I think he go, he falls into what you said about Tony Hawk. It's like, you're not going to argue. I'm not going to argue it, but once again, if I'm going to put a comedian, I'm probably putting Bill Burr. Bob Ross? Why yeah. isn't Bob Ross on the list? Bob Ross was a good white, right? You talking uh, about the, the joy of painting, Bob Ross? Yeah. yeah, Richard Simmons. Why isn't Richard Simmons on the list? I guess most my I, I, maybe my list is too soft. Tom Brady, drunk. Yeah. Put Tom Brady on the list of the best whites. George Washington. Well, Washington owned slaves, so I can uh, understand okay. why a black person wouldn't want George Washington. Okay. 
<laughs> I don't know, drunk. I, I had some problems with that list. I, I, I the list could be better. I, I think I think so. Yeah, but I mean, it could be worse too. There's issues. Mistakes were made. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, if we're going like currently, how Taryn Manning didn't make the list? Is yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that bothers me a little. She's bit, the best. Wowzers. She she's gonna become the show's new Stacey Keach, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk, did you see the Grand Theft Auto Six trailer? I heard it was coming out, but I haven't seen the trailer though. Okay, I, it's, I mean it's a Grand Theft Auto game, right? It can't be. The game doesn't come out until twenty twenty five. Right, and it, it doesn't. It come can't out... be better than Grand Theft Auto Five, right? Well, yeah, I guess that one they just kept re releasing because they enjoyed it so much, right? They're just like, guys, we, there's a new system. Let's make this game again, right? Right, or like you know, they're all the same. Vice City. I now, mean... I did watch the trailer, drunk, and what I can tell uh... you is there's no gameplay in it. it's it's a bunch of people behaving poorly that happens a lot though so like with the red dead redemption trailer there's no gameplay in that either like there's ladies twerking on top of police cars people behaving badly and then at the end of the thing they say it's coming in 2025 we're working on it (laughs) and that's the trailer that's and i i get why it takes so long to make that particular game sure there's it's there's a lot involved in making a world scene. So what happened was, and this was an unexpected thing, Drunk, is after this trailer dropped, people were recognizing themselves... In the game. In the characters depicted in the game. Like who? I don't know if you've ever heard... Well, uh, the, the, the gal who was twerking on top of the police car said, yeah, that was definitely me. Another guy who has been making the rounds since this trailer dropped is a man called Florida Joker. Drunk, do you know Florida Joker? (laughs) I'm sure you're going to enlighten me. Uh, This is Florida Joker reacting to the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. You know they got that character with the face tattoos. You know who they got that expired by? By me. Just look me up. Florida Joker, Miami Joker. You know what I'm talking about. GTA, we got to talk. So... Florida Joker is the one and only man in America that has fucking face tattoos. Now, Florida Joker drunk. He looks like a combination of like the Heath Ledger Joker and the Jared Leto Joker. And the Jared Leto Joker. Right. And so I would think that DC Comics <laughs> Like if Florida Joker were to get two million dollars that he's the two million dollars that he's requesting from Grand Theft Auto. This dude looks like a straight prisoner. I would imagine that the next call would probably be from DC Comics. He has been to prison, okay. Saying, Hey, you just ripped off our character, the Joker, and put Florida in front of it. Right. <laughs> Demanding two million dollars from Rockstar. Get- right. We gotta talk, GTA. We got to talk or not. You got to give me like a meal too. So what's up? Holler at me, GTA, Rockstar Entertainment, Rockstar Games, Rockstar Enterprise. Florida Joke ain't having that. Y'all took my life. No, I'm sure Y'all I can look life. in the game too and be like, hey, that fat piece of shit. Or he, uh, he, uh, he. Hey, they put a fat piece of shit in the game. With, with the bulgy eyes? That's me, man. <laughs> Speaking of games, drunk, uh, have you played the new Alex Jones game? <laughs> no, I guess I'd love to, though. First came Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Super Mario Brothers. And now, the ultimate retro nostalgia throwback game. I present to the world, Alex Jones' New World Order Wars. They're turning the freaking frogs game. I'll eat your ass, you Nazi scum. Let's free the Patriots and defeat the globalist techies. We are going to defeat the globalists very bigly. It looks this amazing. It's mostly peaceful. This is, a, this is an actual video game. It's an actual video game. Yeah, it and looks like a on all systems, retro or? Super Nintendo side-scrolling game. He has a gun. You run around and shoot stuff. <laughs> like a, you shoot like a saxophone-playing shirtless Bill Clinton and. 
Uh, I think Bill Gates throws vaccines at you. It looks like a lot of fun. It costs seventeen dollars and seventy six cents, which That's is not bad. It's clever. Uh, yeah, no, I I, I kind of want to play it. It kind of sounds fun. It's available for digital download on all the systems. <laughs> not on any systems. I don't uh, think. No, this is like I think you have to this play is it one on of those your, ones where you're like, it's a it's, this this is the game. I think you have to play you it, plug like, it in your TV on your computer keyboard or something. <laughs> That's pretty. Uh, <laughs> it sounds a lot of fun. This sounds like good times. So, seventeen dollars, you can get away with that for less than a month of play, and call that justified. Probably one that you can spend the seventeen bucks and enjoy for a little while. Yeah, and two then weeks, you're good. Feel like you you, you got, yeah, your, money's you got worth. your money's worth. It probably get a couple hours out of it. You know, you you beat all the little guys. Mm-hmm. You you get the joke. You know, absolutely. <laughs> Unless you're like totally into it, which hey. Like, you, oh, you have to go, you're a completist, you have to go back and get all the coins and or, stuff. Or you're a huge Alex Jones fan or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's Easter eggs. <laughs> now, do you think that the people that created this are Alex Jones fans? Um, well, there had to have been a couple, there's a lot of people on a video game, like, crew, right? Yeah. So you would have to think there's a couple that aren't. But they just took the gig? Yeah. And, like, was it his idea, or did somebody bring the completed game to him and say... I would think somebody brought the game to him. Hey, we have money. And he's like, oh, I like that. I like money. <laughs> yeah, I can put my name on this. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Why not, right? Yeah. Guys, I'll tell you what just we're going to... bring gonna... out all the fucking hits. <laughs> what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to regroup. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Dunstan Bruce, uh, the, the Chumbawamba guy. Hell yeah. Looking forward to that. Stick around. If they were a laxative, they'd be so powerful, you could stand on your head and shit on the ceiling. That position would not only be unavailing, but also undignified. The Deputy Prime Minister John Prescott had strong words today for Dan but no bacon of the anarchist band Trimbawumba. The Virgin Megastore chain has pulled Trimbawumba's million-selling album Tub Thumper from shelves. You labor sold out the dockers, just like the sell out the rest of us. You sold out and it all went wrong and you shouldn't have done it. The mainstream, you know, press, they hated us. The really, really purist DIY punks, they hated us. This is the blood of all the anarcho-punks that died when this came out. All of your efforts went largely, you know, just over everyone's head. Gators in the basement, comics stacked to the ceiling, gazing at the computer glow, feeling that turnaround feeling, precious moments, old blue Pepsi. Beanie babies all for sale somewhere in his man cave. Christmas toys all around him. Retro childhood memories. Records of music, cards that say magic. Sell them on eBay, hustle God, I wish my voice wasn't so bad right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Once again, WFOD, wheelbarrow full of dicks.
guys. Welcome back. Our guest tonight has a new documentary called I Get Knocked Down, available now on demand, chronicling his time in the anarchist musical collective Chumbawamba. Get it on Amazon, Apple, or Voodoo today. Guys, Dunstan Bruce returns to the program. Uh, Watch the movie last night, Dunstan. All right, sir. Good. Movie's great. Uh, uh, well, good if you enjoyed it. Obviously, not good if you didn't. <laughs> uh, it, it was. It was wasn't what I was expecting. I guess I would say I, I was expecting like a pretty straightforward documentary. But I don't know if I've ever seen a movie quite like that before. Uh, I take that as a huge compliment, actually, yeah, because for sure. uh, we never set out to make. Well, once we started making it, we didn't want to make a a, a traditional music doc. That just seemed really. Uh, um, we tried to. Do, I tried to do that in about 2000 with a film I made called Well Done Now, set off with a, a guy called Ben Unwin, and we didn't want to repeat that, and we wanted to do something a bit different. Did the relationship with the bandmates end on bad terms to where this was kind of like a reunion of sorts, or have you kept up with them? No, I kept up with them. Oh, you have? Okay. Uh, I mean, that's why... I mean, it's funny because uh, just recently, me and Sophie, who I made the film with, we had a conversation about the fact of how we ignored the 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 part of when the band stopped. Yeah. When the band called it a day. Because you, um, left, you left before most of them, right? They carried on. Yeah, I left... You. Me, Harry, Alice and Damber all left uh, in about 2005, I think it was. And then... Chumwamba carried on as an acoustic outfit. But it was really pragmatic, all that. It wasn't very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and so we didn't include it because we didn't have we didn't really have much to say about it, really. It was just like a detail. But but then me and Sophie were talking about it the other day, and we 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 sort of had this discussion about whether we should have actually included a scene about how that impacted on me, you know, what effect it had on me and how I felt yeah. um, about what I was going to do next, going out into the world without the the cushion of uh, uh, of Chumbo Amber and all those other people around me. So and that could have been interesting. That could have been quite interesting, I guess, but yeah, at the time the, uh, we it, didn't consider it. it. It was, it was surprisingly universal, the themes of the movie, because I, I guess you, you talk a lot about, uh, you know, the struggling with aging and uh, struggling with, like, I guess your significance and your legacy and stuff like that. And I, I think that people will be surprised at, like, how much they relate, I guess, to that. Do you know what? Well, well what's interesting about that is that um, that's because I made the film with Sophie. Yeah. And she's not a Chumbo the fan. She never was a Chumbawamba fan. She knew nothing about Chumbawamba at all. She's just a documentary maker, okay. not just a documentary. She's a documentary maker. Was she a friend of yours prior to doing this project, or this is just no, no, that- no? I was introduced to her um, as someone who had done a really successful Kickstarter campaign, and a friend of mine, Jim Scott, was um, was editing a film of hers uh, at the time, and he said, "Oh, you've got to meet Sophie," and so we met. And she knew nothing about Chumbawamba. I'd done like a one-pager on what I wanted the film to be about, and she was interested, and so she got involved. So she brought a lot of that. She brought all that universal ideas to it, whereas I was a bit focused on, um, you know, what did Chumbawamba achieve and what can you achieve if you're a political band and you enter the mainstream? But she was like, no, let's talk about, things that everybody can relate to that you don't have to be a Chumbawamba fan to understand or, or relate to. And so she widened out the whole idea of the film uh, and um, how we turned it into my story and what happened to me in, in and brought out the universal things. So it wasn't just about being in a band and me feeling sorry for myself because I wasn't famous anymore. <laughs> You 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 guys actually came up in another interview we did recently. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Kim Howes? Do you know her? She was like a uh, a uh, tour promoter. Uh, she worked with Motorhead for a long time, and then she kind of became a uh, problem solver for record companies and stuff. And she brought up the uh, that she ha- kind of had to put out the fires when you dumped the ice bucket on the guy at the Brit Awards. 
And uh, he was she was our tour manager for a while. Oh, she was. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because she came yeah. that that was a big, was, uh, big one for her having to. Uh, yeah. She, yeah. She was um, she was good, actually. She was good, actually, because she wasn't she was just um, she was really pragmatic about everything. And, and she was really patient with us all. <laughs> and, and so that wasn't planned, right? You guys decided to do that spur of the moment or. It was spur of the moment. Yeah. We, weirdly, what happened with going to the Brits was we got asked we got asked beforehand whether we were going to do anything. Were we going to do a stunt? And we were like, no, that's so predictable. Oh, that's so boring and so predictable to right. do something and Of course like that. you're going to say that, right? You're not going to. And uh, they're going to say, so all are we you did was change the words to the no. song. But, you know, you get there, you get there. And then uh, and then politicians start turning up and you think, what are you doing here? Um <laughs> And, you know, and you have a few and, every, you know, everybody has a few drinks and that. And then you just start thinking, right, well, what what should we do? And when you've got someone like Dambit in the band and Alice, you know, people who are like, yeah, we'll just, uh, you know, uh, a wild and we'll just do anything. It's just like it's yeah. quite easy to go. Right. What we're going to do about the fact that uh, John Prescott's over there. And we were, and you, yeah, well, you know the story because you've seen the film, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, all that stuff about us being with the Dockers and all that sort of stuff. You know, I don't think Jarvis Cocker thought before he got up when uh, Michael Jackson was on that he was going to wiggle his bum when Michael <laughs> Jackson was on. It just it's just something that takes over, you know, whilst you're there, I guess. Speaking of that, th- there was a full frontal male nudity in the film, w- which I wasn't expecting. Uh, it- oh, yeah, that was great. That Yeah, that was a few years previous. Uh, that was in about 95, 96 or something. We were doing a, we were doing a, a lot. Uh, it was like a TV thing for German, for German TV. I think it was WDR. Uh-huh. Why that happened was because um, we played in the afternoon, and uh, Smashing Pumpkins were headlining, and uh, they, <laughs> I mean, the first thing was that we were like, we thought it was hilarious that the the drum kit was about was about the size of my kitchen. Uh, <laughs> But then when they went on stage, just before they went on stage, they cleared the corridors backstage. Oh, so that you couldn't uh, make eye contact? We had to go into our dressing room and close the door. (laughs) We weren't allowed to watch Smashing Pumpkins walk on stage. And we just thought that was just the wankiest thing we'd ever heard. Yeah. And we were appalled by that. We just thought, this is ridiculous. We have to, like, go in our little room whilst they walk (laughs) on stage. And I think we just thought, well, who the hell do they think they are? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not bothered about somebody walking past me in a corridor. Yeah, I'm not, not going to ask you for an autograph, man. I, I know. Yeah, it was crazy. It was totally stupid. I, Anyways, I, so we I got down that part that. several times, Dunstan. I, I really enjoyed uh, how amused James was by the James from the Smashing Pumpkins was. Yes, the, brilliant, isn't it? It's really guy. funny. Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. a really funny clip that I had I'd never seen before. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, it's great. Oh, you found the original. You found the original clip. No, it's in the movie. Oh, because there's a longer there's a longer clip. Oh yeah, I need you, to find. You that. can That's find fun. it online, and you see that that him and um, uh, the bassist they both say something about it. They're both amused by it. <laughs> They uh, that nobody at the venue was amused by it. What happened is we got told that we would never be on German TV ever again after that. I would imagine, yeah, they'd probably say that to you. Uh, and then as so, soon as tub thumping happened, we were all over German TV. Oh, so this was before tub thumping, and so then before tub thumping, yeah, then they ate tub. their words on that, I guess, right? So, Absolutely. so that was televised. That was on TV. Yeah, we were we were pre-recorded, but Smashing Pumpkins was actually live. That makes it so much better, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I saw you post on uh, Instagram or something that you're working on a whole bunch of things all at once. Does that is that uh, how opportunity works, or is that how your creativity works? Like, do, does your creativity Opp- come opportun- into- opportunity definitely opportunity? Yeah, because after the film, I did a one man show with again with Sophie. She directed it, and then on the back of the one man show, we started writing a TV series. So that just happened. But I've been trying to do a second Interabang album for years, and I finally got Griff, who's the guitarist in Interabang, to uh, to engage again. 
And so we're, we're frantically working on a new album, which is absolutely brilliant. I'm really enjoying the process. And so you've had these songs for a while and you just yeah. haven't had well, I wrote the song. I wrote all the lyrics. Yeah. We not the not that we had well I had all the lyrics. I've written I've written a lot of the lyrics, and then when Griff didn't want to do a second album, I put them all into the one man show, and I did a one man show. And then when Griff engaged again, I sort of then extracted them out of the one man show and, and reworked them to for us to work on as new songs. Yeah, so that was just I, I it would just it would just serendipity or something or a fortuitous that Griff was was up for engaging again and uh, making an album. I'd really missed, you know, not working with him because he's he's an amazing character and he's a brilliant musician and uh, he's a really good friend. So I'm just really glad that that's all happening again. Is that kind of the good thing and the bad thing about being in a band is relying on other people, I guess, uh, which is great. What's, what's weird? What's weird is that when I couldn't do the second Interabang yeah. album, I thought, right, I'll do a one-man show. Because if you do a one-man show, it's just you. Yeah, yeah. But then I wrote this one-man show that was like multi, you know, it was like multimedia type thing. So I needed two other people to do it anyway. So it was was stupid. You know, I still was relying on other people to do it. But then getting Griff back involved now, you know, so now it's just me and Griff and we've got a drummer, Neil, who's, who's, who's playing with us. And so I'm always uh, I'm always relying on other people because yeah. I'm not I'm not a musician I'm not a musician I don't play instruments I just perf- I can perform and I can write and I always need other people to collaborate with so that's always gonna that's always gonna be the way I guess was the one man show kind of the film or were they sort of like the same? yeah um, yes and no yeah. so it, it it the one man show took out. We took out all the Chumbawamba stuff and we talked more about our personal journey, about getting to a certain age and what do you do when you still want to be involved politically or creatively. So it was more about my journey. We yeah. only mentioned, we do a joke version of Tub Thumping in the in the one-man show. Um, but apart from that, I don't mention Chumbawamba at all in the whole thing. So it's how, just, it's bit. When, when I guess... When when you do want to remain involved politically, but you hit a certain age, then I guess you have to realize that like you're not the the front lines anymore. Is that kind of what you were saying? I think I think it was for me. Like in the film and in the one man show, we have that whole section about how we look to a younger generation yeah. as inspiration. And, and so um, you're kind of just playing a supportive role at that point, I guess. I guess so, yeah. But I think what happened with making the film and doing the one-man show is what I discovered. One of the things that I discovered about myself is that the thing I can do yeah. is get up on stage and perform, um, expressing you know political views in that performance. And that enables you to create a, a space where people can come together and feel, uh, you know, and maybe get re-energized or inspired or just realize that they're not alone, mm-hmm. you know, in, in in how they think or in in the fact that they want to do something about the state of the world. And and so I realized that that sort of, that was a really good thing, especially for people of my generation who were coming along uh, I, to see the film, you know, as a nostalgia thing maybe, but then realizing that it was a lot more than that. And also people who were coming to see the one-man show, you know, we were using that space to talk about, uh, you know, the, the, this is, these are universal feelings that we all have. Don't feel bad about it, you know, and just, you know, just do, do what you, you know, do, do what you're capable of and don't feel bad about it. Do you think that uh, at a certain point you kind of have to just accept that you're trying your best and uh, you're, uh, Sorry, my dogs are barking. They're driving me nuts. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> and, and you know, not necessarily, I guess, worry about what your impact is on the world, but that you're trying to make an impact and be okay with. It's it's really weird. I've just been working on this Interbank song today. That's that's um, it's basically called "Let Let the Measure Be." That at least we tried, and it's just about that. Yeah. It's just about that idea that. Um, um, 
that sometimes all you can do is you know is just try and um yeah and it's 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 in it's it's in that trying and trying to be part of a you know trying to make the world a better place um whether that succeeds or not it's that's open to, to debate and that's what happened I, I guess that's what happened that's where I started with the film was this idea of have we made a difference and and when I asked people in the band that question um Alice was like Alice said we can't be the judge of that. We don't know, you know, and she, and she actually said that thing. So, you know, I think all we can do is, you know, let the, let the measure be that at least we, you know, at least we tried, you know, and then, and then I, and then I'd seen, and then I'd remembered there's a scene in a, uh, in one flew of the cuckoo's nest, right? There's this, there's the, the, and this is sort of part of the one man show, actually. It's weird that I'm saying it now, but it's part of the one man show where there's a scene in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest where Jack Nicholson is trying to lift a sink or a water cooler <laughs> off, off the thing. And he can't do it. He obviously can't do it, but he's got all the inmates around him. And he's trying to inspire them. And he's trying to like, but he does it. He's, he's trying to make it apparent to the system that it's not going to, it's never going to grind him down. He's not going to give up and stuff like that. And of course he can't do it. And all the inmates are like, ha, you, you, you couldn't do it. And they're disappointed in that. And he says, he says, at least I tried, God damn it. At least I did that. <laughs> and that, you know, and that to me seems to be like, you know, is, is sort of really, um, really resonates that, that, that those sort of ideas. Um, and, 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 you know, one time we did the one man show, I can't remember what it was. We did the one man show on the one man show. And then a woman got in touch. She'd come to see the show like about a week after and said, look, I came to see one man show. I really loved it. Um, because of it, I've learned to ride a bike in my fifties. I've just learned <laughs> how to ride my bike. And I just thought that's brilliant. You know, just doing something like that, you know, which is sort of her challenging herself to do sure, something. Yeah. That felt that felt really, you know, that felt as rewarding as somebody saying, you know, like I've I've brought down global capitalism because you know that's inspiring. Not, yeah. That yeah, I mean it's it's something that's not right? going to happen. Yeah, uh, just on a one to one basis, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. And the the guy, I guess, in the movie that uh, mentioned that one of the Interbang songs you played uh, made him think of his dad. That oh yeah yeah that was yeah. cool too. So I, I guess yeah. where where's the best place to send people to watch this? I, I I got it on Amazon. Is that where I should send people? Is Amazon? There's a whole list of places. I think it's on Apple as well. Um, I know they're both the biggest two corporations you could probably imagine. <laughs> um, Apple TV, Amazon, Voodoo. Fios, Comcast, AT&T, Spectrum, Cox, Dish, DirecTV, YouTube, Google Play, Xbox, Sling. So which... Do which, they mean anything to you? Oh, yeah. No, I think all of those mean something. I, I don't know which one would be the least evil, though. No, no, no. I sort of, like, accepted that... Um, that was that was a battle that we weren't going to uh, we weren't going to win. Dunson, it, it's it's a pleasure talking to you again, man. Uh, oh, we done. Uh, yeah, that I, was quick. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just I uh, yeah I just is I, that I, a megaphone on your desk? It is. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. It, it works too. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, uh, you're welcome. With, yeah. Good luck with the the new album. Good luck with everything, man. Cheers. Thanks. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. See you soon. Bye now. All right, baby. Come on. Let's go. 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 Let's go.
November Any gunpowder, treason and what? All them had left me in turmoil and trouble Thinking what I had and had not At the back of beyond Before maladies I'd have happily shouted for more With a kick up the arse and a bug in the belly I'd found myself right back on course Drunk, do you have the, the Sirius XM? I love it. You do? Do you, do you listen to uh, Tom Morello when Tom Morello hijacks stations? Uh, no. That's, no. I, I immediately turn it off, and it, it bothers me for a variety of reasons. Now, I imagine they pay Tom Morello pretty good money. I would think so. So, I mean, I don't explore it a lot, but I usually just kind of keep it to, like, four stations. Right. But he takes over um, all the stations. Maybe close to six or eight. Like, Tom Morello just shows up. Yeah. And it's like, hey, it's me, Tom Morello. I'm taking over this station. And I was like, why? So which, what, what do you listen to, like Alt Nation or something? Well, he, he comes on Lithium all the time. Yeah. He comes on Alt Nation all the time. He comes on fucking, uh, uh, what, what's the, the other rock one? that I, uh, Deep Tracks. Yeah. He shows up everywhere. And what he always does is yeah, he plays I, like two or three songs. And then he's like, and here's one of mine. And he ends up playing like three or four of his songs that nobody wants to hear. And I'm not talking about Raging Against the Machine. I'm talking about, about say, Audio Slave. I'm talking about like his shitty solo stuff. I about to say, Tom Morello's uh, got some, some decent stuff. They fucking pay this guy to show up and hijack stations and play and his play, own music. And play, play, play the deep, deep, deep. Cut. Shoehorn his own shit in. <laughs> Yeah, I usually keep it to like 90s on 9, Pop 2K on 10, yeah. Fantasy Football, and then like the Comedy Station. Sick of this guy. So he, he doesn't well. hijack any of my stations. Yeah, well, good. Consider yourself <laughs> lucky, drunk. Consider yourself lucky that Tom Morello doesn't hijack you. My lady listens to Alt Nation sometimes, and I mean, I can get into it, but. Drunk, I have a pick of the week that I think you're really going to like. It's actually a song. Okay. Um, by a uh, a a gal. Now it's it's one single gal, but she goes by the band name uh, Thought Squad. T h o t Thought Squad. Yeah. Uh, and she has a new song called Pound Cake. Okay. Do you want to hear a clip of Pound Cake? I'll hear the whole song. Sure. I'm a show you how to make a pound cake. It's under two minutes long, drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sticks around just long enough for you to bob your head to it and say, "Yeah, that's fun." I mean, it's kind of state of rap nowadays. So yeah, I mean, a, you don't like uh, it? Not a fan? I mean, it's it's not my uh, not like how it was in high school. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Which I mean, that probably makes me an old curmudgeon. Yeah, like I'm sure you've seen the South Park episode where the dude puts on the headphones. <laughs> Because everything sounds like shit to him, <laughs> uh, and I, I don't really think that's what it is. But I mean, who it could be? Oh, I like that one a lot. Drunk. No, that one wasn't bad. It's fun. Um, I am a little upset though. Oh no! Here we are, damn near halfway through December. Uh huh. And I still haven't heard the hot chocolate song. Drunk. I have good news. The hot chocolate song. Uh, I'm 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 gonna give you some of it because we have a new song uh, to do. Uh, I'm I'm gonna wait and do it with Travis. Okay. Because I think that Travis is gonna love it. Okay. Uh, is is hot chocolate your pick of the week? Yeah. Well, yeah. Hot chocolate is my <laughs> pick of the week. Uh, it's it probably should be about this time every year, just because of all the songs that have been given us so, so far. That one's think, your favorite. I think, that is was, it? I think that's the one that's the most memorable for me. He she knows how to treat her man. Well, he wants her to enjoy herself. He. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because she's going to go to the Cheddar Center. <laughs> is that what she says? The Cheddar Center? He's a good man. 
He wants me to enjoy myself. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? He shoveled in the driveway. Guy fucking rules. Yeah. That's all she I, wants. I think that's a double innuendo. You think? No. At the end, she says it's Swiss mess. <laughs> and get your mind out the gutter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what he wants. What he wants. What he wants. Get your mind out the gutter. Get your mind out the gutter. It's an assless quick. What he wants. Swiss mess, baby. Hey, oh, maybe she's on to something. Maybe it's a combo. Nestle Quick and Swiss Miss. Ooh, that's the good stuff. I got to try that. He's a good man. She wants him. He wants her to enjoy herself. She probably mix him up for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she better. He's been out fucking shoveling the driveway for the whole song. He, he put the kids to bed all by himself. <laughs> he's a good man. He put the kids in the bed all by himself. All by himself. That's my pick of the week. Hot chocolate. Hot by, chocolate. Uh, bringing it back. Nichelle Colvin. Nichelle Colvin. Yeah. Didn't she win The Voice or something like that? No. <laughs> no, drunk. Nichelle Colvin did not win anything. <laughs> I'm still dead. for listening to this installment of WFOD. If you enjoyed it, subscribe so you don't miss the next one on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, or your player of choice. While you're there, please take a moment to share a link, tell a friend, leave a review, or do any of the other things podcasts ask you to do. Our operation is 100% independent, so your support is appreciated. We don't advertise, so we rely on word of mouth to spread the gospel of the dub fod. The music featured in this podcast is provided by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. You can leave us a question or comment via telephone on the hand hotline at 636-487-HAND or by email at mike at wfodshow.com. Special thanks, as always, to our Patreon sponsors, Assistant Treads, Benny Michaels, Brian Kranz, Liquid Lozenge, Valerie Carpenter, Jay Adson, and Rabbit Poundings. You can be a Patreon sponsor yourself for as little as a dollar a month and receive early access to episodes at patreon.com slash WFODicks. Our entire back catalog is available on WFODshow.com, as well as Cola Rankings, Flat Drunks, and more. Check us out on social media at WFODshow on Twitter and Instagram, or WFODicks on Facebook and YouTube. We'll be back next week, but really, we're never gone. Take care. So this is with me. This is how I listen to WFOD. I listen to the beginning, and I get up to where he does the interview, and then I shut off and delete it. So now you've made it past the point where John Jamingo turns the show off. We had a guest.
was some bits that he had to go be a fucking jerk off we covered lots of ground but it's in the recycle bin so I guess he'll never hear me say fuck you John Jamingo I prefer air Travis, off the top of your head, uh, top five white people. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe. Sa- Santa Claus. <laughs> um... Martin Luther King. Not white. Uh, Babe Ruth. Uh, kind of a womanizer. And Jeremy Piven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeremy Piven. <laughs>